The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast episode 36. I am really glad to have you here today. I am excited to talk with my guest. We've had a couple of guests on during the course of the show that have been making apps or in the process of putting apps together or using apps to drive their business. And today we have Susan Langer, who has an app that she's developing called Live, Give, Save. Hi, Susan. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having um, me. Let's just talk. So you decide you were in uh, you were in the world of banking, I think. I started in banking and then went to advertising marketing and then ended in philanthropy. And so you're looking around and you're seeing that the world is kind of changing. Technology is changing things. It's making people behave in different ways. When was the first I like, can you remember the time where you were like thinking about the app that you were going to create Live, Give, Save and what that looked like in your mind? Well, originally it was 22 years ago. Um, It wasn't an app. Um, I went to Africa in 1995 and I was traveling there on a mission trip and with a group of people. And at the time I was working for uh, a marketing company doing uh, marketing for Uh, U.S. Bank credit cards, their credit card portfolio. And uh, when I traveled to Africa, I wanted to save and um, commit a portion of what I was spending on myself for going to Africa. If I was going to spend that kind of money, I should really write a check to the organization that I was traveling to. And I thought, man, I know these credit cards that were enticing consumers to use and to spend with points and with frequent flyer miles and with giving to their alumni. There's got to be a way that we can tell the app to give it to a nonprofit or even to save for retirement. I was making really good money at the time, um, and I was doing a great job spending it. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't doing a very good job saving it, um, or and I always wanted to give more to charity. So that's where I, it inspired me to say there's got to be a way that we could do it. And at the time, it was a credit card. So different things in life change. Um, fast forward 22 years later, I'm, uh, my husband and I are now empty nesters. Yep. And uh, technology has just um, come to into play where it's an opportunity now. Take advantage of um, of the um, mobile payments um, space. And so I just started doing some research a couple years ago and learned more about the opportunities. And the technology is all there. It's really bringing it together. And so we saw that there was really kind of a perfect storm that was happening Um of Americans aren't saving for retirement. It can be upwards of 80%. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, depending upon your age, ethnicity, or gender. And so, and then also, um, nonprofits have not recovered from the 2008 Great Recession. And so there was a a sea change happening in the way that donors were giving to nonprofits that affected them. And so we thought, man, there's got to be a way that we can tap into consumers buying power uh, to build a better world and a better you. And that's how Live, Give, Save 
really got started in the last couple of years. So you have this idea and the idea sounded good and you've done the research now to to see like, is this something that's in the marketplace or something I can bring to the marketplace? What was the next step? Like, did you decide like, A, I have this amount of money I can put into this? Did you meet with a technology person? How did you literally go? And this is where I think a lot of people stop is this idea to, I'm going to spend money on this and I'm going to make this happen. Right. No, it is. If I knew then what I know now, yeah. um, it took a lot of work and a lot of research, gathering information just to, to quantify um, the market space. And I learned a lot about millennials and the buying behaviors of millennials and the lack of saving. They mirrored a lot of boomers, which is I'm a boomer. Yep. And I could see where we're intimidated by um, financial management, that there were um, issues and concerns and complexity with um, our financial planning, yep. um, but we both need to do it and we're not doing a good job. And so I just started doing that research and then I contacted um, a local technology firm, a very, um, uh, it's the Nerdery. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Very well-known local company. Yeah. They were fantastic. They took me under their wing and, and we started do, to do some research together and built a prototype. I raised money from uh, family and friends. and Wow. What was that like to go to your family and friends and ask them to contribute to this product? Yeah, that was really interesting. I have been fundraising for, oh goodness, uh, 22 years since I, I traveled to Africa. And I've raised millions of dollars um, as a volunteer or as a part of a board or professionally for other organizations also um, have helped companies build their businesses and, and generate new revenues, but nothing prepared me <laughs> for what it was like uh, to raise money for something that I was doing. So it was it was very, very different. But um, what was interesting is that the individuals that I approached that I thought, oh, no problem. I, I'm confident, you know, they'll they'll throw some some money my way and they'll believe in me. I know that they do. They trust me. And it didn't work that way. And then others that I had no idea or inclination that they would put money in, and let alone the size or the amount of money that they would put in, I was so humbled. And it it was a great process. Very humbling. Let me tell let me, you. This is kind of a sexist comment, but we read a lot about how women are afraid to ask for things. Mm. And there you are. You're having to ask friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, people that you've worked with over the years for money. Did you practice? Did you have a script? Did you cold call? How did you literally do it? Did you just pick up the phone? Great question. I'm a firm believer in in going out and doing it and learning and then readjusting. Yep. Um, I also uh, was introduced to a woman in Red Wing, um, uh, Neela Molgard. She heads up the Red Wing Ignite organization, which is an accelerator, a national accelerator. It's a part of a national program. And she really helped me um, tap into some resources that were both local and in the Twin Cities. And one of them was the J.J. Hill Library in Hill Capital. They have um, what is a whole um, network of resources that you can, that they specifically want to help startups like myself. And they were looking for women startups, as a matter of fact. Yep. And so uh, I went to what's called the One Million Cups and it's a forum where uh, startups like myself, entrepreneurs, can pitch. And there's a whole group of people there, investors, business leaders, and they critique you. It was it was a terrifying experience. 
I've given presentations. I've I've spoken in public many times, but it's it's very different when it's your baby and it's what you're doing. It just was a different, and it is a really different environment and culture in the startup community. Yeah. So that sounds like a really helpful resource um, for you. So you go out, you get enough funding that you are able to do a prototype. And then what do you do once you have this prototype? Did it work? Did it, did you change it along the way? Yeah. Great question, Stephanie. So when I, I raised money from um, family and friends, but I also was introduced to the local port authority. They were looking for new businesses and wanted to, they are always looking for new startups and, and to provide opportunities. And they actually um, gave me a low interest rate loan okay. for the prototype. And so um, I also was introduced to the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center, I mm-hmm. think it is. Um, and so that prototype um, helped me then raise the money from other family and friends. And we oversubscribed our, our first seed round um, of $207,500. So that was that led us into doing more market research. We had uh, three focus groups that we did with uh, different stages of millennials. Very, very interesting. Uh, we used that then to um, move forward into our um, next phase of prototype development. So I then hired a CTO, a chief technology officer. Okay. And it, it was a different strategy than many... Uh, technology companies and especially startups have taken, they often will hire developers or a developer to just pump out their app. Given that this is a financial technology where we're dealing with people's uh, personal data mm-hmm. and security, security, privacy, all of that is paramount. There, there was no way in my mind that I just wanted to just patch something together just to get it out there. As many right. as I was like, just get it out there. No, I wanted to build... Um, from a strong infrastructure that could flex. So you would create a a um, a framework that had the ability to adjust and flex with what, with what we learned. And we're doing that right now. So the my chief technology officer then did a uh, sophisticated uh, vendor selection process. We uh-huh. looked at four uh, technology firms here in the Twin Cities and four global firms and then whittled that down to four and then two and then one. And we ended up with an organization, NIIT Technologies, where they're headquartered out of India, but they have a large footprint and home base here in in the U.S. out of Atlanta. Okay. So you've gone through your first round of funding. You've uh, done a lot of market research, it sounds like. How close are you to actually launching the app? So very exciting. On March 21st, I flew into Atlanta from vacation in Florida and met with our uh, our full team. We had five or six team members in India, and then we had uh, same amount, five or six um, in Atlanta. And we kicked off our beta planning session, which is doing our due diligence, looking at all of the, the possible technologies, all of the pieces that we're pulling together I have been richly blessed by Red Wing. I have uh, a uh, what we're calling the beta partner champions. It's Red Wing Shoe, mm-hmm. Red Wing Credit Union, and the Red Wing YMCA. They raised their hand. They opened their arms and said, what can we do? How can we help? So we are, and we also then after the uh, March 21st when we kicked off our team, our development team, I then um, flew up the the UX or the user experience representative, and she then uh, interviewed several of the super beta testers 
just to give us an idea of what, how do you save? How do you give? What do you think an app like this would do? How do you spend? What, what is your process for management, uh, financial management? And it was eye opening to say the least. So you're, you've got a beta now. Tell me about the app itself. How does the app work? So every time you make a purchase, a micro amount will automatically be deducted from your personal checking account and simultaneously be allocated to your retirement savings account and charity of choice. We're providing... So if I spend $100, just let's say, what percentage, do I determine what that percentage is? You do. Okay, so let's say I spend $100 and I decide that 10% of everything I purchase is going to go into 5% into retirement and 5% into savings, or I could do a different number, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. And so it's sort of like you're rewarding yourself when you're purchasing. Exactly. If we think about it, every time you make a purchase, you look at a price tag on a product, but when you get to the checkout, you pay something more because they add taxes to it. Right. But we don't even think about it. Right. We have no control over those dollars, but we pay it anyway. Of course we're going to pay it. It's no different also when you get a coffee and, and you tip your barista. Why not tip yourself? And we would never know it. So we're saying that you can um, use your your buying power, your spending, to boost your retirement savings and, incre- and increase your charitable giving without changing your lifestyle at all. You won't notice it. And it's pretty incremental in your experience, when people are using the app, does it build up fast? We did an analysis with um, average uh, millennials um, age, I think it was like 30 years old, with an income of a dual house income of, I think it was like 100000 And then we took the take-home pay of 75000 and we said that if they um, saved 10%, of their disposable income, so or their discretionary income, mm-hmm. so on gas and groceries and anything that's not foods. like your mortgage. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Um, we came up with two thousand dollars over a year, and if you extrapolate that over thirty years, um, at an average of I think it was six or seven percent, you would accumulate two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, that obviously you're not going to necessarily retire on that, but it's some that's 250000 you wouldn't have had. And that doesn't take into account your increases in, in income. Right. So we want this app to be something that is positive, that's nourishing, that um, inc- is encouraging and rewarding. It's not something that will be punitive. Look at what you haven't saved. You need to save more. Uh, it's more about look what you've done and look what you can do. And why do you think... I know you've researched this. Why do you think that people don't just aren't able to do this on their own or don't just decide like, yeah, I need to put some money away for retirement? Why is the way that you're proposing through the app the magic bullet for them? Well, it's because it doesn't take any effort. They're still going to spend. All the effort. The effortless, <laughs> yeah. And it's seamless and, and it's it's something that we want to embed ourselves within their everyday lifestyle and take a new approach to this that it's not a financial app. It's more about a living app in a way that we can engage you on your everyday choices and and, um, selections and then show you what you can do and what you are doing. For example, the uh, YMCA and our beta that that we'll be rolling out in in July, um, we are only going to give to the YMCA and and they have to have a a Red Wing credit union checking account. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the YMCA is going to provide us with feeds from their uh, from their social their social feeds. 
They're also going to provide us uh, with content about, look what you did. You just helped another child be sponsored for summer camp. Mm -hmm. And we want those messages to be um, real, relevant, timely, meaningful, and and show their impact. We often say that we based our model on uh, decision, action, and impact. Many apps that are out there are great apps, and they've helped educate people on, like, acorns. You know, you can round up, and you can put money into a mutual fund. But what we've seen also in many of these apps is that they take old methods, traditional methods, into new technologies, but they're really kind of still doing the same thing, but people aren't responding necessarily to that. They're still kind of scratching their head and saying, what is this? We are putting giving at the center, and we're saying that you can do this without even thinking about it. Just continue on spending on yourself. Go out with your friends. Go out for dinner. Go to your spring break. And guess what? There's no guilt. You're still saving for your future and giving to others in need. And you're in a beta test, so you have to go and do another round of funding, don't you, to get this to market? Yes. And I've learned now that that pretty much is what you do constantly in a startup is it's the next round. It's the next round. So you're always positioning yourself for the next round of funding. And, and so that's what we're doing right now. We're raising $1.5 million, um, to get to market. So our beta gets us to 100 people testing it locally in Red Wing, and that will be this summer. Mm-hmm. And then this fall, we want to expand to the Twin Cities. And ultimately, we're looking and hoping and driving toward um, a national rollout during the Super Bowl here in Minneapolis in 2018. Wow. Um, it sounds like you've had so much help along the way from small business incubators and people that have taken an interest in you. If there's somebody listening to the podcast and thinking they have some idea they want to take to market, what advice would you give them? Surround yourself with people that um, care about you, that will encourage you, that will be there when you trip and fall and bring you back up because it is, it's like the Manhattan Project every day. You know, you, you think you've taken, you know, two steps forward and you've got like 16 steps back. It's, it is always a challenge, but persistence pays off. Also, I mean, for me, it's, it's prayer. It is really giving it to, um, to God. And I can't say enough about that because when I look at the people that I surround myself with, I've been surrounded with incredible prayer warriors. I know that I would not be here if it wasn't for my friends, my family, and my faith. And you seem to have, like, it just kind of rolls off you, to be honest, this sense of determination (laughs) that this is going to happen. It's when I first met you and why I wanted to tell your story, because I think so much of being an entrepreneur is scary Mm -hmm. and you feel alone at times and you have this vision. I just, I think about my husband and how hard it was for us to launch his business and at times, you know, really scary for our marriage about whether it could survive this just passion that he had to do this and my not necessarily having that same belief. There's something about you that really is determined and calm. And I just, I felt like, wow, she's going to do this. (laughs) I don't know how she'll get it done, but she's going to do it. She'll get the money. She'll get the people. Um, Did you always have that in your career or do you have that specifically about this app? And you know, like, has your family just been like, wow, here's Susan, she's still at it. <laughs> uh, I have been someone that has been a risk taker. Mm-hmm. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I, you know, I wrote in one article, you know, I, is it nurture? Is it nature? I'm not sure because I was born into a family of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, I traveled all over with him and I just followed him and adored him. And he had many businesses. He was diversified as an entrepreneur. And so I 
I don't know. I think it was just I, also I would say growing up in a small community, I was uh, a tomboy with um, a, a village, grew up in a population 302, and I, I say that we had a mother on every corner. I think I was, I that lent some self-confidence and, and no fear. You have to do it. You have to step into it, and you have to keep moving forward because it's not going to happen if you don't. Are there people that told you, you know, give it up, this isn't going to work? Uh, not really. I guess I've had some head scratchers and saying, how do you know that people are going to give? And I, and my response to that is I'm not trying to convince anyone to give. We are going after people with a predisposition to give and they never feel like they have enough money or can't. And we want to remove that. You can, you can give and you can give more. And so I guess it was more about wondering about the, the giving part of it. And that's where our strength lies. That is our unique differentiator, I guess, what we have. And live, give, save, when you think about the giving, it doesn't, it's like the small giving that adds up to a lot. I think mm. people think they have to give these, you know, massive amounts. And it's just the idea of giving and the consistency of it that would build up over time. I think a pattern that anything that you do and a good habit reaps good benefits. So we like to say that you sow an idea, you reap uh, an act, you sow an act. Reap a habit, so a habit, reap your character, so a character, reap your destiny. I mean, you just move into it and move it forward. I mean, I also like to say that, you know, we're we're creating something that I believe God created us to do, to live life, live it to the full, uh, to be generous and to give of our first fruits or to give to others, and then also to be good stewards of our finances. So it's a core belief, and that's why I believe so strongly it's going to happen. I don't know how far... You know, I will personally take it. I'm going to drive it as far as I possibly can forward and put the soul and the heart into it and keep that vision alive. But you never know, and you just keep your eyes and your ears and, and everything open to what the possibilities are. So are you uh, are you paying yourself, or do you have other – you have your chief technology officer. He's your sole, she is your sole employee, right? He was up until the last day in March. So uh, we ran out of funding. Yep. And so – he has a family um, to feed a, a daughter in college and also um, has a mortgage and needs benefits. And yep. I don't blame him one bit. He still will stay on board as a as an advisor on our advisory council. He's still rolling up his sleeves. He was an investor. So, no, I'm not paying myself. In fact, I'm using all of my retirement uh, to pay for all of the expenses for building the, the prototype to kicking off the beta and then also doing some initial uh, marketing and branding. How does it feel? I mean, do you feel like if you get this to market, you know, maybe someone will purchase the company? Or what do you feel like is the end game for you personally? So people always will ask you, and, and I have been coached to know your exit. You know, know what you're going to say when they ask you, what's your exit strategy? Well, I think that's really hard for anyone to predict the future. Yeah. Um, I know I'm 55. I know I've got, you know, I, I won't retire, but uh, I want to play this into a place and a space that makes the best sense for the consumer and for nonprofits. I believe that what we're building here is transformative for society. I don't believe it. I know it is. And I know that we can change and transform the way that people engage with their finances. And so I want to bring it to the point where I trust that whoever is coming in will take as good care of it as as I have and as I see it forward. And I, I would also say that the partners that we're talking to and that we're looking to engage with and 
whoever it is that's involved with Live, Give, Save, I want them to be better because of their engagement, whether it's a an investor, an employee, a user, um, uh, a strategic partner. Because they've been engaged with Live, Give, Save, they know that their competency, their their purpose is made better because of their involvement with Live, Give, Save. Hmm. Wow. I Again, Susan, you're a remarkable person. The conviction that you have about bringing this to market and how much of yourself you've given is really an interesting and inspiring story. Uh, People can find out more information about you at livegivesave.com. And uh, if people are interested in investing or helping you in that way, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Is it through the website? Uh, It can be through the website or they can call me on my on my cell phone. Okay. Um, I'll have people uh, reach out to me through the Facebook page if they want to do that. So we'll keep your cell phone confidential. Um, you can find our Facebook page at Makers of Minnesota. We have a Twitter account, Makers of MN, and you can just instant message me and I'll get the information passed along. Good luck on the trial with Red Wing. It's Live, Give, Save. It's Susan Langer. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Stephanie.